Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. podcast from the International Motorsports Association and Radio Show Limited. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. Live from Trackside, this is IMSA Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome along to our continuing coverage live from Trackside here at Daytona. Lovely to have your company on what has turned out to be an absolutely cracking day here on the Florida coastline. Uh, just after five o'clock in the evening, the car noise you can hear in the background are the engines of TCR and GT4 GS cars. And that means it's the IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge final practice, free practice four, and then straight into qualifying. It's all live here on IMSA Radio. The Michelin Pilot Challenge on IMSA Radio, part of the Radio Show Limited Network. Bit of sunshine, sound of cars, the odd aircraft taking off from DAB, Daytona Beach Airport in the background. Not a bad view, really, from the top of the grandstand here in the tri-oval. Jeremy Shaw, Johnny Palmer and me, John Hindhoff, watching this final 15-minute practice for the Michelin Pilot Challenge. TCRs and GS cars already out, and then we'll have a couple of qualifying sessions. Then a break, and then nighttime practice for the... WeatherTech cars coming out for 90 minutes and we'll have plenty of interviews in that as well so stay with us right the way through the evening but we've got a couple of pole positions to set in not too long a time first session Johnny bit of a washout this morning but since then been some good work done by the teams and drivers in the Michelin Pilot Challenge yes certainly and I think this morning session was useful in, in its own right because there may be you know some inclement weather uh, during tomorrow's race um, there are I think some rain showers predicted for tomorrow morning it might all have blown over though in time for the race start which I believe is quarter past 12 there or thereabouts for a four-hour race to kick off the season for the brand new Michelin pilot challenge so cars are out on track then for one final practice dash and then we're going to have just 10 minutes of quiet time before going into a double spell of qualifying uh, the qualifying session split at one 15 minute chunk for TCRs and then the second for GS machines and the GS1 is going to be slightly busier but uh, this is useful as well to for those out there to realise how much traffic there's going to be during the race and as the evening shadows just begin to lengthen very slightly it's a good atmosphere here at Daytona International Speedway for the lead up to the first qualifying session of the new season yeah there's not much space in the infield is there it's pretty packed with uh, one thing or another huge manufacturer midway section there which just expands every single year and uh, a lot of fans setting up their stalls for the weekend as well so yeah it's uh, it's busy uh, it's been a busy day also for the Michelin Pilot Challenge contenders. They've had, as you say, three practice sessions. The fastest time so far today was set in the middle practice by uh, Kuno Whitmer aboard the number 75 Compass Racing McLaren at a 154.113. Sorry, Fast, it's on. It's 33. Fastest in TCR was the uh, number 54 GDC Milamode Sports Audi RS3 LMS TCR. Mikey Taylor it was who set the time, 159 0.714. That also was in the second of the three practice sessions. So I head down to the pit lane. We'll get a couple of interviews in before we get serious in qualifying. Some problems earlier on for the Winwood cars, and uh, that's where Bruce Jones has headed down to. Bruce. So Winwood Racing, uh, Russell Ward have got a couple of couple of Mercedes here. Hasn't all been going as you wanted as yet, and qualifying just around the corner. Yeah, it's all going really good for the team. I mean, everyone's working really hard, and, uh, you know, the cars are pretty quick, so. Now, obviously, qualifying is very quick fire. It's just 15 minutes, and it's uh, absolutely about making no mistakes. Yeah, for sure. You know, Indy, Indy's going to be qualifying the car, so, you know, I get to sit back and relax and just watch and see how he does. Um, 
you know, we're, of course, we want to get the, the best possible result for qualifying, but it's a long race and a lot can happen in four hours, so. Um, now, there seems to be, a, when you seen of a problem earlier, was it power steering, did I hear correctly? No, that might have been with the 57. I think there was a coolant leak on it. Our car's been running strong the whole weekend. You know, the Mercedes is incredibly reliable, so uh, they've made an awesome car. Good job. Catch you later. Thank you. Ah, yes, my fault. I fed Bruce some bad information. It was a coolant leak. I knew it had been a leak somewhere on uh, on the 57 car, but it seems so they've got that sorted out now. So not been the easiest run for any of the Mercedes AMG uh, teams over the last few uh, races. Now, let's uh, pop down to Joe Bradley, who's our other pit lane reporter. Uh, this is a young man who has a big future ahead of him. When I say young man, he's a very young man. Colin Mullen is out of the uh, LA World Honda. That's the 52 car that he drives. And Joe's Bra Joe Bradley is down with him now. Uh, Colin, uh, front-wheel drive Honda Civic. Always a problem to get the heat into the rear tyres. How difficult is it in qualifying, or is it going to be for the, your teammate to do that? Yeah, it's definitely something to get used to, uh, especially for Max, since he's never driven a front-wheel drive car before. But, uh, yeah, those first couple laps are crucial, getting the rear tires up to temperature. It's, it's uh, pretty hard to get used to, but you just have to slide the car around quite a bit. And uh, from the Mini last year, qualified all the races, so it was uh, definitely a, a learning curve for me, but I'm sure Max will pick it up very quickly. Which way have you gone with setup, uh, with the, uh, the ride height? Have you gone with a, with, a, with a raised ride height, or are you really slammed low? Uh, we're pretty low, especially for a track like Daytona. Uh, we don't want to raise the rake too much or get you know too much drag, extra drag from the wings. So we've been trying out a bunch of different things, especially on the 52. Since a brand new Honda Civic, we just rolled it off uh, first laps this weekend. So yeah, just making sure everything's working properly in the first couple of practices and getting everything fine-tuned for the race uh, tomorrow. It seems odd. I, I at least I think it's odd. This 15-minute practice before we go into qualifying is this just a systems check, Colin? Yeah, the 15-minute practice is uh, crucial. Just getting those last-minute setups uh, dialed in, trying new things. And then, yeah, right, we come into the pits, change the tires, and off we go to qualifying. So a little practice beforehand is a nice help for us to uh, get the setups and everything finalized before we go out for the uh, big show. Is this a brand-new car, Colin, that we're in? Yeah, the 52. It uh, arrived at the LAP Motorsports uh, shop just a couple weeks ago. And then, yeah, we turned its first laps uh, today, or, yeah, today, this weekend. So... Yeah, it's amazing the, uh, what Honda's done, building such a great car that can roll off brand new and compete with no issues out on track. All we have to do is just work on some setups. But, yeah, pretty amazing what uh, Honda and the HBD team has done. Now, Max Faulkner has got the honor or the responsibility, let's say, of qualifying. You're here in your civvies. Do you prefer it that way or would you prefer to be in that car and doing the job? Well, uh, I'm used to qualifying from last year in the minis, but I'm excited to uh, finish some races this year. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes. But uh, a little bit more pressure off me uh, about this time. Today. You can enjoy it, Colin. Enjoy the qualifying. Thanks for talking to us, Colin. Great stuff. What Colin. a talent that young man, Colin Mullen, is, Jeremy. And hard to believe he's 16 years of age. Still only 16. I mean, for goodness yeah. sake, you listen to him there. He sounds like, you know, like he's been around this sport a long, long time. A uh, remarkable young man, very, very impressive and a big future ahead of him. Already last season, in just his second IMSA start, became the youngest ever winner in IMSA history. Uh, so, uh, yeah, and we're going to hear a lot from that young man. Interesting, Johnny, that like a lot of young drivers we see in the UK now, it's starting to happen here, and Jeremy says this as well. Young drivers who, even if they have started in single-seaters or they've still looked to do a few single-seaters, they're looking towards sports cars, GTs or touring cars as a career very much earlier. Yeah. I mean, when I first started watching motor racing, sports cars and touring cars were something you did after your single-seater career. That's not necessarily the case now. It's just become more fashionable, I think, and, and uh, you know, people realising that there's places at the top of the single-seater tree are, are finite and, you know, your chances of getting there, OK, aim for it, but... You may well run out of momentum. You might run out of cash as well. And, uh, you know, sports cars, it's fun. And uh, you, Okay, you, you get to share a car, but that's that's all about the team as well, uh, you know, not just the individual. Jeremy, you with Team USA work with a lot of young drivers here, four and a half minutes ago. We'll give some times in a sec. Um, and you're hearing exactly the same thing, young drivers who look at it. They're looking at it as a career in a business, though, and they feel there's more opportunity to earn money rather than pay money. 
Absolutely. Just look at the number of manufacturers involved in the IMSA competition this year. I think it's going to be 19 uh, before the, the, the year's end. Uh, and you know, all of those manufacturers have some opportunities that, that are open to them. Uh, there's a lot more uh, doors that can be opened, I think, in, the, in this realm these days. So by all means, get a, a background in open wheel racing because almost all of the top drivers here this weekend started off their career in open wheel. But uh, nowadays, increasingly, certainly at a younger age, we're seeing more, more drivers then making the switch into uh, closed cockpit cars. Into the pit lane, the 69 Mia, motorsport in action, McLaren. Joe Bradley is watching some servicing work going on on there, it looks like, even through the binoculars, Joe. What's going on? Absolutely. They've just caught these front brake pads uh, right on the uh, right on the edge. They've virtually worn out the, uh, the pads that are being removed. So whether the driver has felt that with a long pedal, um, I would think so. We'll get a chance to speak to, I think it was Corey Fergus who just got out of the car. Um, but the pads that have been removed certainly got no meat on them whatsoever. So I wouldn't say a new set of pads going on to the 69 McLaren, but certainly a set with, uh, with more meat and wear material than has come off. I was just concerned for the 69 because, again, we've got the, uh, the sign that on our timing screen to say it stopped out on circuit, and then I checked the pit lane, and there sat the McLaren, Corey Fergus's car. So I think we've had that earlier on in the day, actually, where the McLaren shown has stopped somewhere, but in fact it was right in front of us. But I wonder whether the two things were related. You're not going to go through a set of pads, though, through some issue out on track. So I think that's just coincidental. And they'll be setting that car up for quality just a few moments away. But brand new brakes then, or brand new pads at the very least, for quali qualifying in a little over 12 minutes' time. Yeah, and we've got, just got a new fastest lap of the day, just been set by Christian Hohenardl in calibre 57. That's the uh, the other Weirwood racing engine. We heard from Russell Ward a little while ago. This is number 57, which uh, Christian Hohenardl will be sharing with Russell's father, Bryce. Uh, he is uh, 153.969. That's the new fastest time, as I say. The fastest time previously, earlier on this morning, was by Kuno Whitmer uh, for Compass Racing in a McLaren, calibre 75, or 154.1. The qualifying lap record here which was set uh, last year, Spencer Pompelli, 155.1. So we've already got, in this session alone, we've got 13 cars quicker than the old qualifying lap record. New fastest time, though. Timer Jeski in the number 15 Hello. Ford. Ding dong. Uh, the uh, NASCAR uh, driver has gone to the top of the charts here. 153.812. That is a new fastest lap of the day. And that's a great effort by young Timer Jeski. That's been a really successful programme by Ford, sticking some of their uh, young stock car drivers in to get some road course experience. Uh, we saw it last year as well. Uh, in TCR, Michael Johnson has the 54 Audi ahead of Lee Carpentier in the number 10 Audi, that car in the pits. Mark Wilkins with the Hyundai Number 98, third position for that car. That's a big improvement from where they were at the end of the first session. They were outside the top 10 from memory, or the earlier sessions. Then it's three Hondas, 52, 37, 73. Wow. I recognise those numbers. That's all the LAP cars. Wow, that's an amazing effort by Michael Johnson then. At, uh, and that was his time. 505. That's, that's clearly the quickest time of the, of the day so far. Uh, Lee Carpentier in car number 10 has set a 159.8. Second quickest in this session, but Michael Johnson, that is amazing. Now, you know, for those of you not familiar with Michael Johnson, he's paralysed from the chest down. He had a motorcycle accident at the age of 14. Uh, he then decided that he wasn't done with his uh, motorcycle racing accident, I, I should say. Uh, and then uh, he wasn't done with his with his competitive career. Came back into started initially karting. Yes, paralysed from the chest down. Uh, drove uh, with hand controls in, uh, in, a, in a cart, then moved on to the uh, Skip Barber Racing School, won races in the Skip Barber Racing School against some really good guys, and then was on the Mazda Road to Indy. Uh, he'd raced in both the USF 2000 and what is now Pro Indy 2000, the uh, Pro Mazda Championship, uh, and was not regularly, but occasionally among the top five in, in lap times. Wasn't able to perhaps put it all together, but I tell you what, this kid... He's just amazing. He's 26 years of age now, married last season. Uh, he's worked so hard over the winter. He's brought his body weight down by about 10 pounds. He's working out, uh, doing a lot of uh, swimming uh, and, and other 
training exercise to get himself ready for this season after a good year last year fast as he is in this session car number 54 Michael Johnson I tell you what Alex Lenardi of course is, is a hero for everybody but this kid Michael Johnson uh, he is a, an absolute inspiration as well and what a brilliant effort to be fastest overall good selection of cars as well Audi Audi Hyundai uh, Hyundai Honda then another three Hondas Alpha in ninth position block again has taken the chequered flag there and he'll be delighted with that that car is going very well indeed yeah he's been fast yeah Roy's done a cracking job yeah. he really has evening sunshine it's that lovely golden light on the infield we're un under the shade of the grandstand here 107.9 FM around the circuit of course and around the world at Radio Short Limited's RS2 which is IMSA Radio chequered flag is out Ford Mercedes, Mercedes, Audi, Porsche, Mercedes, Audi, McLaren, BMW, and Mercedes, your top 10 in GS. And that's three quarters of a second. I don't think we've seen the 75 car out. No, he hasn't turned a lap. He hasn't, he hasn't completed a lap. Uh, but he's, he's been purple in sectors two and three, as Paul Holton in the couple of outlaps, in and outlaps he has done. So he's, he's a not bit tidy as Holton, isn't he, as a driver? He's what? He's a bit tidy as a driver. He's a bit tidy. He's also pretty canny too, I think. Mm. Uh, uh, we'll see more of that car in about 15, in less than 15 minutes time in qualifying. The other McLaren, the Mia McLaren, came in with that braking issue. Joe Bradley has been investigating further and he's on the beat in the pit lane. What can you tell us, Joe? About yeah. uh, That was a front braking issue, you told us. Yeah, it's, it's not an issue at all, actually. It's, um, they've effectively got a qualifying set of pads, which are a, 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 an already uh, bedded-in set of pads that are key to balancing the, uh, the brake balance on the McLaren. Um, it's something that the 6090 have, uh, have cottoned onto, and uh, it's purely in relation to a McLaren. So if you've got McLaren GT4, you might want to listen up. Um, they've found that when they, uh, they've already got a pre-prepared pre set of pads that they were basically just putting in, in readiness for the qualifying session. So no issue at all. Uh, just um, attention to detail, I think, is what they call it. Okay, works for me, Joe. Joe Bradley, our mechanical geek in the pit lane. If Shea is our... Shea and uh, Jamie are our stat geeks, Joe's our technical geek he does like to get in there there will be one day when he'll pick up a, a wrench mm. and get involved in something in our 24 hour series the, the FI National Endurance Series he has been known to do show and tell on broken parts and picking bits up in the, the pit lane after the team and the officials have said that's okay Johnny rushes to the front of the booth to see the red alpha Juliet, Julietta coming in that's the number three car that is an absolute picture. That the car. two of them look great, actually. Um, I, yeah. I can't decide which one I like better, Johnny. I've, I've had a black Julietta, and I had one for quite a while, and I thoroughly enjoyed that car. Mm. And I drove one most of the way across Europe and, and back again without any issue. That was a, a QF line diesel. And I, I loved that. Joe and I did that massive road trip to uh, Spa, Nürburgring, Dijon, Barcelona, Clermont Ferrand on the way back. Uh, we had a great time in that car. Sounds like he did, yeah. Um, I, it's just, uh, I mean, I rushed forward to the, the front of the commentary box because you get the chance to see all the cars together on pit road at the end of the session. And this is by no means down time now for the teams because, as we've heard about, the 69 McLaren preparing with um, not quite brand new brake pads but scrubbed in and ready to go. So slightly bedded in but uh, still offering a good chunk of meat there to... Uh, utilise what they hope will be a cracking time over the next 15 minutes mm. and the sessions split as they were for the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship with I assume TCR first Correct. and then into GS. You're going to see something quite special in TCR because there's a driver here yes. who prides himself in being able to get the best out of the car and the tyres in the earliest possible way and claim pole position in the smallest amount of laps. Okay. So stand by for that. Uh, Michael Johnson was the fastest in that session from the 54 Audi. 
Bruce Jones is uh, down there and will stretch in the car. Is Michael staying in the car for qualifying, uh, Bruce? Michael's going nowhere, but he's uh, got a smile on his face. Top of the charts at the moment, but it's uh, about to get very serious for you in the, in the, in the 54 Audi. Yeah, I'm excited to uh, keep it going. Uh, the warm-up was really good, so hopefully I can continue the momentum and pace I have and see if we can put this baby on pole. And after the uh, track was given a massive uh, bath this morning, I guess it's getting, pretty, getting faster all the time. Yeah, it feels like it's getting faster every single session, especially with WeatherTech laying down some uh, Michelin rubber. It seems to help, especially in the bus stop. Uh, it was pretty green there, so um, I'm excited to see what it will do. And before the race tomorrow, it will be even more down. Well, well done for the JDC Miller team. Thanks very much. My Michael Johnson sitting pretty, waiting to go. He had one on the window. It's now gone out because the TCR cars go out next. Uh, you know, that that's a good point that Michael makes, first of all, how cool, calm and collected he sound in the car, Jeremy. But the point that he makes there is actually a very good one because with Michelin being the tyre supplier, Solus tyre supplier, but for all but one of the categories that are here this weekend, um, there is a potential to use someone else's tyres in GT Le Mans in, in the WeatherTech. No one else does uh, at the moment uh, and not, not on the horizon as well, I should say, before anybody reads anything uh, into that. It does mean that although it's slightly different part types of Michelin rubber, it's all Michelin rubber that's going down there every single session. Yeah, it's a good point, I think. You know, and uh, it, the, the track certainly is gripping up. It is getting faster. And you know, with the sun going down, now uh, behind the grandstand, it's still you know still nice and r relatively warm out there. Track conditions right now, I think it's still pretty breezy. We can see the flags over the International Horseshoe standing out pretty proudly there. Yeah. So it's still quite breezy, but that helps the car certainly down the back straight uh, here, all, all the way down toward the bus stop. So that'll that'll be yeah, it certainly won't hurt their uh, their straight line speed back down there. And uh, and now with the front stretch being kind of sheltered by. Uh, by, by the main grandstand in terms of the sun and the wind, uh, I think we should the track conditions for this qualifying session should be pretty darn good. We're going to see some fast times. I reckon if somebody hooks this up, we might see a 58, a 1 minute 58. Yeah, well, maybe. Half maybe. a second they need yeah, to find. I think it's doable at this time of day. It, it, this is the equivalent of a morning happy hour, isn't it? This is an evening happy hour that we've got yes, it is. at this time of day. Yes, and you know, Indianapolis Motor Speedway, there it's the evening time, the happy hour there. That's when the sun goes down behind the, the main grandstand and casts a shadow over the racetrack and it enables the, the, you know, the engines to breathe a little bit better. Joe Bradley. James Cox, he's uh, about, well, not quite about to qualify. We're going to let the TCRs qualify, James. Then you guys in the GT4s are going to do that. What's the key to the optimum lap around Daytona then? A good clean lap, no mistakes. And, and how easy, how difficult is that? Uh, it's not so easy in the infield. The infield's a little slippery, but, um, you know, same for everybody. So we're looking for a good qualifying. And is that is it slippery on the infield, James? Because the setup is a compromise to make the car as slippery as possible. Absolutely. I mean, this whole track is about how to go fast on the oval and make it through the infield. And the Riley guys have done a fantastic job. We've got a good platform underneath us, and we think we've got a a good qualifying car and also a good car for the full four hours. Got a little bit of time to mentally prepare. What exactly does that mean when we talk about drivers mentally preparing? Uh, get a get a drink of water and uh, and just uh, take a, a brief walk around and and focus on what that perfect lap looks like. Great stuff. Enjoy it. Thanks, James. That's interesting. Um, uh, that he's out of the car. I, I, I suppose well, he's got 15 minutes. Yeah, so. exactly. He's got 20 minutes, 20, 25 minutes before he gets uh, in for his qualifying session. Uh, before we get underway, green flag in just a moment or two. It's time at 30 seconds time. Uh, out of the number... Th actually, is he out of the number three car, Bruce? Uh, Alex Papadopoulos Alex is, is, is standing by. He's certainly out of the car. He's sitting alongside me on the pit wall, waiting for Alex Popoff to take the number three Alfa Romeo out. That's a real mix of cars in the TCR class. Alfa Romeo's getting quicker, but can they get towards the front of the field in qualifying? I think we definitely can get towards the front. The only issue was all today throughout practice, we've been limited because the car's been having technical difficulties, it's been going into limp mode. We've only been able to go, go up to like about 5,000 RPM, but this last session was about the first session where we could really push the car and actually see how competitive we are. Right, 15 minutes of, uh, 15 minutes of fury, but accuracy is the absolute key. Obviously, there's nothing you can do about the reliability. You just have to hope it's there. Yeah, I mean, now, I've, like I said, last session was the first session with zero problems at all, and we finally were able to start 
putting down decent time. So now we, I handed it over to Alex Papone. He's gonna, I'm gonna let the expert do his thing here in 15 minutes. See what he can do. See what he can pull off. So, well, fingers crossed. Best of luck for you and the crew from TMR Engineering. Yeah, and uh, certainly great to see those two Alfa Romeos here. And uh, Alex uh, Papadopoulos there got uh, very little experience in, uh, certainly n none in professional racing, as far as I can uh, tell before this weekend. He's done a little bit of radical racing. He's, uh, he's raced some endurance cars, uh, I think, in the past, including a Corvette in some kind of regional endurance series races but there's certainly a big step for him but by all accounts uh, is a very talented young man and certainly as he said Alex Popol there uh, has got a huge amount of experience in just about everything including uh, having one here at Daytona so uh, that's a, a good little operation there with those two alphas great to see those cars they are, are super looking cars and and to, to have those on board for the full season is very exciting so all but Two cars have headed out from Pit Road now to do an outlap and then it'll be straight into the Flyers. But again, this 15 minutes will disappear very quickly, particularly if you have a mistake early on in the session. Looking out as well for those that uh, do their best lap in the first time of asking. And that might be the way to go here and try and turn it on as early as possible. Obviously, uh, getting out from the pit lane quickly was key too. And both Alphas, uh, I thought they were together, but one has just been overtaken into the bus stop chicane, I think, by one of the Honda Civics, actually. So track position key on this outlap as well. Do you stay behind somebody to try and get a little bit of a toe on the high banks or... Would, uh, or do some prefer just clear air throughout the whole of the lap? Yeah, it certainly can be a benefit getting a bit of a bit of a drive. Not not at this stage in session because they're just uh, building up speed right yeah. now. But uh, certainly, uh, you know, when they are up to speed, the tyres are properly up to temperature, which uh, doesn't take long in these uh, in these cars, as we've seen last season. Generally, uh, Tom O'Gorman, who was on the pole pretty much every time he drove uh, his car last season, uh, was uh, setting his his fastest lap on lap even on lap, sometimes on lap one, at the very latest on lap two. A bit different this year with the Michelin tyres, so we'll see uh, how the qualifying session does unfold, whether the tyres are a little bit more longevity at their ultimate best. It was Michael Johnson and Alex Popo actually swapping positions on the backstretch that time around and into the chicane, so it's Audi ahead of the red Alpha, and away in the distance is Roy Block in the black Alfa Romeo and the number five car. So we'll see whether um, whether Popo is playing a little bit of game of strategy here to reel in Michael Johnson towards the end of the back straight just before they hit the brakes into the bus stop. Yeah, that's the car they've been having that's electrical issues. So hopefully those mm. have been solved, as uh, we heard from his uh, co-driver Alex uh, Papadopoulos. And yeah. For Michael Johnson, it generally takes him a little bit of time to get up to speed uh, you know, relative to, to some, of, some of the other drivers in the category. The reason for that is... Yeah, as you can imagine, like I say, he's paralysed from the chest down, so he doesn't have any feel the bottom half of his body at all. And uh, so, to f you, you know, these cars, you've got to you've got to feel what's going around on around you in the car. You you, you literally, yeah, you, you, the term is you drive uh, through the seat of your, your pants. pants. Well, he can't feel the seat of his pants. Uh, so, it just to me, makes what he does at the wheel of this car all the more remarkable. It's a bit like driving a sim. Because there's no field of movement. He's, he, he, he gets the inner ear feel of movement, yeah. but he's not feeling it. And, and it's, he's reacting to the visual and the inner ear rather than what he's feeling through his backside. I think it's an extraordinary it's thing. Just it really is really extraordinary. Is amazing. Um, where's our super qualifier? I, I built up for Johnny, and then I've just realised he's not on the list. Tom O'Gorman, isn't he? Is, is he not qualifying the car? No. He's not qualifying. Uh, so I was building you up for Tom O'Gorman to go out there and <laughs> reel off a lap and In then park the it. 37 car. Yeah. And you're and right. It's Shelby Blackstock Is instead. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, well. Well, Shelby's a former pole sitter here at Daytona. That's a good point. In, uh, in the previous iteration of this series. Uh, uh, I'm sure Tom's passed on ago. some advice as well to his co-driver to oh, say, yeah. if you're going to get pole, you have to do it on your first flying lap. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, pole. Otherwise, it doesn't count. Yeah, Shelby was on the, was on the pole here in 2012, uh, and uh, also won the race here a couple of years later 
it was both in Ford in Fords in the GS category. But good to see Shelby back in the sport. He, he didn't do any racing, I think, at all last year. He, he did he did the opening round of the Indy Lights season at St. Petersburg, but that was the I think the only time that he raced at all last year. So great to see Shelby back. He's a uh, a fine young man. He's got a, he's got a great attitude. Uh, his his mum, in case you don't know, is Reba McIntyre. So you know he's used to being sort of around the spotlight if you like but you wouldn't know it from he's a real down-to-earth character and he's a heck of a racing driver as well great to see him back at the wheel a variety of, of cars car. down through the years hasn't he yeah 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 he's got a lot of experience all sorts of different things in fact reba mcintyre was here a couple of years ago when he was here i seem to remember did a couple of interviews Very as well likely. she likes to follow his uh, his career smashing uh, discussion going on on Twitter, and thanks uh, to everybody who's copied in IMSA Radio about the relative merits of uh, the WEC LMP regs now and up and coming, and DPI now and up and coming. All being done in a very sensible and uh, reasoned way for my two penneth, ten cents worth. Um, it's not better or worse on either side. It's just different. It's different horses for courses. Let's celebrate them both. If they're both successful, great. That's the way I look at it. <laughs> it's like deciding which alpha you like best, the red or the black one. Can you not like both equally? <laughs> yeah, like, that, like fair point. You two kids. Or an alpha and a Ferrari. Yeah, and that. Mm. I tell you what, I was saying it takes Michael Johnson a little bit uh, more time to get up to speed than some of his rivals. Well, he's just put the light yes. on that because he's just, just gone fastest on his uh, second flying lap here. Two minutes, point one one seven for Michael Johnson aboard that uh, JDC Malamo Sports Car number 54. That's an Audi 1-2 at the moment. Uh, Lee Carpentier, second fastest for eeuroparts.com racing in car number 10. And Brian Henderson making his debut in the uh, Michelin Pilot Challenge third in the number 84 that's a honda run by uh, atlanta speedworks another team new to this championship halfway through the session gs cars to come and uh, let's nip down to bruce jones who's down with ford uh, ready to qualify in the number 60 pit nate stacy sitting alongside me uh, the ford mustangs were going better and better as we got towards the end of uh, practice you've got qualifying up ahead carl marcello be watching from the pit wall you'll be the driver at the wheel can you stick it right at the sharp end uh, that's a hope obviously uh every week when we come out here we're trying to do the best we can and uh i don't know how great the mustang is for bop wise this season uh so far it hasn't been it has it's not looking the greatest but we're gonna do what we can with what we have and um hope for the best finish possible and hopefully put it to on the point in the grid Taking away just from the moment from whether you're going to be on the absolute sharpest point of the thing, one thing that's really impressed me, this is my first time seeing the cars in this championship, the level of preparation is just magnificent. Yeah, these cars are obviously really well taken care of. Uh, Dean Martin with Core Motorsports and all the Ford guys and Multimatic guys are all making sure all the cars are staying in tip-top shape. Um, over the off-season, we did a lot of testing and a lot of uh, making sure the car was as good as it could be. And uh, so we, we took the car and disassembled it to the tub and uh, reassembled it to make sure everything was as good as it could be and um, I think this is pretty much as much as we could do to it without starting to press any grey zones so we're going to see where it is Well we'll know in about 15 minutes, thanks very much Nate. Oh starting to get exciting out there at the moment, Bruce you've got some uh, excitement coming your way, the lights are starting to come on so we're starting to see the reflections from the infield lights pointing at the race cars and Michael Johnson, I'm going to give him a massive slap on the back and shake his hand. He has proved me right by going sub 159, a 158.9, <laughs> the fastest time we've ever seen from a TCR car here at Daytona International Speedway. 58.9 is found nearly six tenths of a second from the previous session. That's amazing. That is absolutely amazing. The, the, the pole time last season, that was the first time TCRs have been here, so certainly we do expect some improvement, was a 2 minutes point five by Kuno Whitmer, uh, massively experienced in all sorts of different sorts of cars. But what a great lap by Michael Johnson. Uh, Lee Carpentier goes second place again in car number 10, 159.7. And then uh, briefly, uh, Alex Alex Popper was third in car number three, the Alpha, at a two minutes point three. But all of a sudden, he's down to sixth. Uh, Brian Henderson has gone up into third place in car number 84. That's a Honda, two minutes point zero five. Then Ryan Nash in number 12 Audi. That's a teammate to Carpentier uh, at a two minutes point two. Also at two minutes point two is Mark Wilkins 
the number oh, 98. Michael Johnson's going to go quicker Hyundai. again. Michael yes, Johnson's going to go quicker again. Let's check out the red car coming through the turn four of Daytona now on That's the speedway line, section. John. Beautiful line. Runs out right to the upper third before cutting down into the tri-oval and just squaring off the corner. Very consistent, that red Audi goes through and it's a 58-4! <laughs> Michael Good Johnson is burning up the track. This is an extraordinary run and he's now a full second ahead of the field. A field that is filled with quality. Yeah, the guys the guys directly behind him then are heading into the horseshoe as Michael goes around the horseshoe uh, is uh, Lee Carpentier in that uh, white and blue uh, and grey uh, Audi. Right behind him is Alex Popo in the red uh, Alfa Romeo. Both those two improved last time around. Carpentier uh, second at 159.4. Uh, Alex Popo got a 2 minutes point zero one. Uh, so they are pressing each other and uh, Popo is now Actually, it looks like, looks like uh, Carpentier has de defended a line into turn five. <laughs> a race is broken out with <laughs> yes. three and a half minutes to go. This could get very interesting. How are you liking this, Johnny? Properly good, isn't it? I mean, it, it's so tight, uh, or it, it was from second position, still is actually second down to oh, about 10th, but that's second clear for Michael Johnson's phenomenal in the 54 car. Uh, Alpha up to third fastest, as you say, Alex Popo. Uh, still hasn't quite got beneath the two-minute marker, but has traffic around him. So, again, utilising that on the fast bits. And that car leapt off turn six onto the back here. Michael Johnson, he's on the slow lap now. He's getting out of the way yeah. of those of the uh, of Carpentier and uh, Popo as they head down the back straight into the bus stop. Good job there by Michael. Uh, stays out of the way. He's, he's done his job. I don't think he's going to improve upon that, uh, most likely. But a remarkable effort by Johnson. In car number 54, the 26-year-old from Flint, Michigan, in that uh, car number 54, the Audi for JDC Miller Motorsports. Michael Johnson then, I think, heading into Here's the, the pits this time yeah, around. Right. Uh, the Alphas out. tucked in behind uh, Carpentier as they come off the banking. Yeah, Michael goes early, commits to the pit lane, and here's the Carpentier and pop out cars it really is a bit like a race there both improved it is. both yeah, under two minutes yep. pop out goes under two minutes 59-2 for carpentier and pop out with a 59-6 and bouncing up there it's a honda as well it's the 84 cars come up another oh. 59 59-626 is a smidge that is a technical term and it uh, measurement of time yep uh, ahead of Popow so that's Audi Audi Honda Alpha Honda a Shelby Blackstock goes under two minutes in the 37 uh, LA Honda World Car yes so now five cars Jeremy under two minutes only one under 159 and six tenths under 159 Michael Johnson absolutely extraordinary yeah just just absolutely amazing uh, top eight cars underneath the old uh, lap record here in TCR set last season by Kuno Whitmer and get ready uh, for this all year by the way yeah we'll yeah, true Brian Henderson a youngster from Fredericksburg Virginia just 21 years of age is Brian he's come up through the uh, uh, MX5 Cup Challenger I believe the last couple of years before that he did some oval karting and then some stock cars and did a few races in the, in the Pirelli World Challenge as well but this is a really good debut in IMSA competition for Brian Henderson currently third fastest for Atlanta Speedworks kind of 84. Possibly the only thing that Michael Johnson's done wrong all day is when he came in the pit lane he was nine kilometres over and he's been in Sesta a drive through. I think we well, might be able to so pick him that. quick on track. There was always going to be a bit of a hangover into the pit lane wasn't there? Yeah. <laughs> you know it's me? not quickest in the final sector though. He's got the first two no. sectors to his name. But there's someone else there who's quicker in the, the I final think it was sector. Carpentier, actually, who was, right. uh, I believe, from earlier on, anyhow. Carpentier looks like he's lifted off. 28 seconds left, so anyone who Pop comes through still now... Off a good lap. And yeah. Henderson, potentially. Here comes, comes the alpha now. Right, and he's got through, so Alex will get another lap. That was another 59.8, so that's another sub-two-minute lap. And Alex got gap ahead of him now in the red, that dark red alpha, going through turn one now, gets out into the sunshine for a moment or two as he goes behind the pits and paddock heads down towards the international horseshoe that right hander does he get the break in right yes he does tucks it in takes a late apex gets on the power nice and early he's got his team car right behind him there 
the second of the Alphas with uh, Roy Block behind the wheel, the black yeah. number five. He's and just I, improved also, John. And he's, he's just gone through. So Popow's out of it and he's let Block go through. So now is this a bit of drafting practice for these two? Is there at the west end of the infield at the West Horseshoe now? For those of you down there listening on 107.9 or uh, on the infield grandstands. Decent crowd today as well. Not massive, but there's... Uh, quite a, a few people sitting on those infield grandstands. You get a great view of what's going on on the twisty bits through that. Uh, Brian Henderson decided to end his session when I thought he was on quite a good lap, actually, and could have improved, but maybe he thought otherwise and decided to come down pit lane just before the chequered flag. So top three have finished their sessions. Uh, Alex Popo about to come around to complete his final lap in the number three alpha. And it was Lee Carp Carpentier who had the absolute best sector three time at 24.5. But that car's headed for the paddock area. Adam Crossfire's just tweeted in at IMSA Radio. It says, enough about DPIs versus P1 versus Hypen Car. The real question is, who do I support now that Mini's gone? How's that alpha looking? It's looking pretty good. Now in fourth position, Brian Henderson having just popped Alex down in position there. But Alex has got another chance not going to improve on this lap. He's right out of it. Is there anybody on a quicker lap? Roy Block actually might. Roy Block had his fastest first sector uh, of the session, despite the fact that he had to pass his teammates. Two minutes, point nine, so he doesn't improve. No. Not so quite. So just the Nash Audi out there at the moment, and I think that's heading for the pit lane as well. Well, let's have a word with our pool sitter. And I'm not sure which of the guys are hustling down to the 50, to the well, end of the pit lane. The pole sitter is head hustling on down there right. as well. Well, not too much. He, he, he sped coming into the pits. He better not speed on the way down to the... <laughs> that was a brilliant effort by Michael Johnson. Absolutely superb. That'll be his first pole in the uh, in uh, IMSA competition. So Joe Bradley is on his way to pit out. Let's see if I can spot, oh, I can spot him. He's, he's striding purposefully, just passing the number two E Europarts Rover Racing Audi, Rover Motor Oil Audi, now past the number seven bright yellow Volt Racing Porsche. They'll be qualifying in a moment or two. Come on, Bradis, you're going to have to Did pick have up a, the a, a win last season for uh, Michael Johnson and Stephen Simpson. That was at Lime Rock Park, but uh, this will be uh, Michael's first pole position. So, let's uh, head down to Joe, who's uh, rapidly uh, approaching the target. Yeah, moving quite swiftly, I think. Just going down the GS field. Um, so Just getting... passing the number 11, Porsche. So, yes, I am. I loved how you were commentating on my uh, geographical position, but it's a great result. We're going to have the, uh, the number 54, the JDC Miller Motorsports Audi RS3. We'll start on the TCR pole tomorrow. Did anyone get within a second of this car? Just at the end, Lee right. Carpentier got down to eight and a half tenths but that was pretty much the last throw of the dice uh, otherwise it was a full second a 58.4 has taken the previous qualifying record up to about 30,000 feet and fired it on full afterburners into the ground they haven't just broken it they've smashed it into tiny pieces and Michael Johnson is the man who's done it Joe Michael, that was outstanding. You were a second a lap quicker right until the very end. I think the final gap was eight tenths of a second. Where did you find that? I really can't tell you where I found it. The car's just been working so well. Uh, it's a dream come true to finally get this pull and just uh, show what my talent really can do. And also, you know, I, th I think team effort uh, and, and all credit to the JDC Miller guys because they've given you quite a car, haven't they? Yeah, the, the entire team has done a phenomenal job. Cole, my engineer, he, he put this rocket ship together, and uh, it's just all credit to him. I hear you, your preparation for this season, Michael. You've really sort of up the, uh, stepped up the game. Yeah, I mean, I've stepped up everything, my training, uh, just my uh, diet. Everything has changed so that I can, I can win this championship. So 
Have you got anything left out there? Was that or was that as close to the perfect lap? I don't think there's anything such that exists like the perfect lap. But how close were you? I think I was pretty close. Uh, I'm not really sure how much is left on the data, but it was it was an outstanding lap. I'm, I'm not gonna lie, it was it was pretty cool. Well, mate, you've demoralised the whole TCR field. They're going to be scratching their heads thinking, where did he find eight-tenths of a second? Congratulations, Michael. See you on the pole position tomorrow, mate. Good stuff. Brilliant stuff. Absolutely brilliant. And there's three of us up here, and I'm sure most of you listening, wherever you are, he, he, he just he's never say die. He should be written on the back of the car. Mm. He's brilliant. He's taken everything that life's thrown at him and oh. made an opportunity out of it and faced up to it. That whatever challenge it's been, he's faced it straight on. Just absolutely incredible. brilliant. Just incredible. He was. Uh, he, I remember what probably three or four years ago now. He was racing a pro Mazda car at uh, at St Petersburg on the streets, and he got out of sync and hit the wall heavily, broke his pelvis. He was in. It was a really nasty shot. Yeah, that was here, wasn't it? No, no, no. That was the St. Peter's Pro Mazda Oh, yeah, sorry. Yes, yeah, sorry. Coming to that. Yeah, yes, yeah, sorry. Uh, and uh, you know, saw him in the hospital afterwards. You know, he was, uh, you know, he was all upbeat. Then you know, can't, can't wait to get back in the car. It took him a while, of course. And then last year, at uh, the raw before the before the 24 tests here, uh, he had a brake failure in that car heading into turn six. The car just uh, headed on into the barriers, unabated speed, huge shot. The car was absolutely written off. Uh, Michael was knocked around pretty badly, but it wasn't until they got him to the hospital uh, later, a couple of hours later, they realised he'd broken his leg in that shunt as well because he couldn't feel it, of course. No, okay. Um, and um, yeah, so so he was out of the cockpit uh, for for several months last season. Came back, uh, missed the first uh, two or three races, uh, had a win along with uh, Stephen Simpson, as we say, at, at Limebrook, and had several strong results. But to get this pole position is just an amazing feat. For, uh, for Michael Johnson. Hats off to the entire team. Uh, Stephen Simpson, who's been his uh, co-driver now for the last couple of years in this championship since Michael uh, switched his sights from open wheel into uh, sports cars. Uh, uh, you know, everybody there deserves a, a big big pat on the back and, and particularly Michael Johnson himself. Like that, John, Johnny? Uh, yeah, Happy I just think that. it's testament to, to the human brain, I yeah. suppose, and Michael's brain particularly, in that, you know... Th he drives the car differently from everybody else, and yet he can still be eight-tenths of a second faster than everybody else. That's why I love this so sport. So it's just yeah. like, I mean, how the brain can work out ways of driving a car and getting the feel that he lacks elsewhere some, ha some other way is just amazing. Yeah, hand um, control system, of course, on, yes, obviously on that yes. car. And, 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 and I'm just excited to see how he gets yeah. on in the race now, because if he can offer that sort of speed on a single lap, yeah. how does that translate you know, into race pace for a four-hour? Credit to IMSA and other sanctioning bodies yeah. worldwide who allow clever people in motorsport to be clever in different ways to allow Alex Zanardi and Michael Johnson and others mm -hmm. to race on a level playing field with... Neither of those guys ask for any special treatment, right. and they would be horrified if it was even suggested. And they can come out and compete at the very highest of levels here. I think it's it's magnificent for the sport. It's great for them. It's a great, great story. Uh, by the way, Shelby Blackstone did improve on his very final lap there to a 59.707. So we did have five cars uh, underneath the two minutes in the TCR category. The uh, GS cars, the GT4 cars, are out on the circuit. You can probably hear them running around in the background here. There they are, out there in the gloaming. It's not the twilight, we're getting there. But the opportunity now to see Daytona in all of its evening glory with the trackside lights beginning to come on and shining up from the infield onto the cars. It even makes those great liveries stand out even more early times coming through. What we're looking for here, Jeremy, in terms of times with still 10 and a half minutes of the 15 to go. Uh, pole last year and the the new uh, lap record for qualifying was Spencer Pompelli in the uh, Porsche Cayman MR 155.136. Expect uh, we won't even be close to that record. I'd be surprised if almost the entire field wasn't underneath. In fact, first flying lap uh, for Ooh, Mark Miller actually number 31 that's a body motion Porsche 153.7 that's a pretty stout effort yeah and that's good that that car's back because they had some issues with that car that Sorry. car was had a little bit of a shunt didn't it at the uh, at the raw yeah it did that's right and I don't think Mark actually 
officially got into that car. He did a test a shakedown in it, but I'm not sure he actually got the driver at the at the roll. Maybe yeah. a, a few you. laps. Yeah, he did sometime, I think, right. in, in it. But uh, Paul Nemshoff, uh, who was who drove uh, mostly, Paul but Paul Holton now has just annihilated the black record, as I thought he might. Uh, the McLarens weren't here for the raw test, as we said uh, earlier on. Uh, today was that, that, was that, a, was that a, a, a corporate decision by uh, yeah, McLaren the, teams? Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll say that whatever they say I, I don't know uh, but um, you know they elected not to come here and it, wasn't that did cause the it wasn't mandatory it wasn't mandatory it was not here. mandatory no absolutely right so they, do, they certainly didn't need to uh, you're absolutely right uh, and um, so they didn't they knew they had a fast car here uh, for here and uh, and they they came here back uh, to the race and a full 52.147 then for Paul Holton mm. like I say the old record of 155.1 so that's three seconds quicker for the McLaren it, it's just about visible in the rear view mirror that old record barely yeah <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say you would think it be you would think it beneficial to come to a pre-event yeah, test but they though. knew they had a fast car and, they, and uh, the rivals will say well they didn't want to they didn't want to show their hand before the bounce performance. Right. So. Okay. Uh, but but you could reasonably see that if if we were happy with the setup and we knew the car, what was the point of coming uh, that's here exactly and, and, what and perhaps throw it into the wall like Body Motion did? Well, exactly. And, and and cost yourself money, time, effort, and maybe jeopardise even getting back here. Uh, absolutely. And certainly, uh, we heard uh, from the MIA team earlier on today. They they decided only a couple of weeks ago. They say uh, to make. I think the decision was made a little bit before that, but. Uh, uh, but certainly, you know, the decision was made relatively late for for Compass Racing. I uh, I uh, has a correspondence with uh, with Carl Thompson right after the, the roar to ask why they weren't here, and he said, you know, they're just they're they they're happy with the, with where the car is. They they know the track. They've already raced it here, that car here uh, uh, for the last couple of years. So they did they didn't need to no need to spend the money. It's not mandatory. Uh, and uh, so you know, they're, they're, they're trying to put together a two car program. They didn't want to spend the money. And uh, they're going to spend it here on the race weekend, and that's what we're seeing now. Just seeing Gunnar Jeanette's name uh, pop up on the yeah. timing screen in the number eight Audi, 18th overall. Yeah. We're getting some decent times at the top. We're now down to a 52, Jeremy. Uh, 152-1. Yeah, we'll be into the 51s in a moment. Yeah, no, I think you'll probably call it a day at that uh, for Paul Holton. I'd, Do you think? I, I would think so. Yeah, he's already in the pits, actually. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, he, so, uh, Corey Fergus in the other in the MIA McLaren, he's turned a 52-9 to go second fastest next best is time Jeski again in the Ford kind of a 50 153.3 that's a more representative time for uh, for uh, GS I believe and he leads away just ahead of uh, Trent Hinman so first in class let's say non McLaren is time Jeski Trent Hinman <laughs> in the Porsche for Volt Racing that's run by Park Place Motorsports this season. Good point. In uh, fourth position, kind of a 7 to 153.3. Tyler McQuarrie in the Audi for uh, Peregrine Racing Carbon Motorsport. That's kind of a 39 to 153.6. Just bouncing up in the sixth position. Indy Donche in the 33, one of two Windward Motorsport cars. Just ahead of actually his teammate now, Christian Hornardel, who comes up into seventh position. So 33 and 57 are the two Windward cars. Uh, they have got the uh, specialist drivers in those cars, a 53.683 and a 53.685. I would say they were reasonably well matched, those two <laughs> Wimworth cars. Team Chief will be very happy with that, I would think. Paul Holton in the pit lane with eight tenths of a second on Corey Fergus. Earlier on, Michael Johnson capturing pole position for Audi. And JDC Miller Motorsport with a new lap record, 158.433. Who will be at the pit exit to claim pole position for the Michelin Pilot Challenge opening round of 2019? Corey Fergus in the pit lane. And Christian Hohenardel up to third fastest now in his Mercedes, 153.301, but still over a second slower than Paul Holton's time in the 75 McLaren and we're sort of in the region now where I think this is just about the best that the rest can do away from those two McLarens. Good improvement for the time of Jeski Ford though, Jeremy. As you were mentioning, they were in the mid-teens, the best of the Fords, in the earlier sessions. Now we've been to fourth position. Yeah, big strides they made in that, in that uh, previous uh, practice session, didn't they, right before qualifying, certainly. And uh, time of Jeski making full use of that. To, uh, an Arca driver, Arca stock cars, before that in... Uh, in on the you know, on the dirt 
primarily Tomajewski, so he's got a big future ahead of him, I think, that young man. The only car we've not seen in qualifying is the RS1 Porsche Cayman, car number 28. That was the car, unfortunately, crashed this morning. I don't know whether we're going to be seeing mm. that car again this weekend. Uh, haven't had a chance to get down to the paddock area to find out how bad the damage was, but certainly we haven't seen that car since that off that took place earlier this morning. Four and a half minutes left to go. I'll quickly check in with Bruce Jones down in the pit lane because Bruce at ground level is now getting the full benefit of the Daytona lights for the first time, having not been here before. This is what you come to these places for, Bruce, something very different. Uh, it's always about looking for the difference, but it's just the quality of the light. You know, those of us, all of us included, who work in 24-hour races all around the world, it is the time when the light changes, what, whether coming dark to light or light into dark, that you really feel the magic, and I cannot wait for Saturday evening. It will be just amazing at this time of the evening. So far, has Daytona International Speedway and, and Daytona Beach in general, has it lived up? the expectations it's it's sometimes you know it's the old adage of never meet your heroes isn't it how's it how's it looking so far i was prepared to meet this one and it's not just the the physical entity of the place it's the fact it's who is here i came out of the, the media center early nearly knocked over a couple of people in my haste it was a stephanie hansen and paul tracy just going off to have a coffee together it's all these little mixtures of people but the majesty of the circuit and I, i'm not using that term loosely it's intoxicating i'm so so pleased to be here and the cars don't sound too bad either no yeah. it's not european it won't be to everybody's tastes you know people will say oh there's hardly anybody in the grandstands at the weekend but the infield will be absolutely packed and jeremy you and i have seen this race come back to its absolute international yeah. best over the last what three or four seasons yeah absolutely i mean i first came here in 1980 was my first trip over to the states uh, and uh, came to this race, and it was the same sort of thing. So I, I went through then what Bruce is going through now, just walking around wow. the, the garage here and seeing all these great, you know, these these uh, big names in the sport, and and everybody here uh, just loving the atmosphere that this place, uh, th this place just has around it, the aura that is around Daytona International Speedway. Uh, nothing going on on the timing screens, Johnny. Whilst it's we were super tight, that. I tell you what, it's, it's close it's, though. Forget the McLarens; they're, they're in mm. a different planet right now. But from them on back, uh, Christian Hohenardt, number 57, Mercedes, Tyler Jeske, number 15, Ford, Tyler McQuarrie in the Audi, car number 39, Trent Hinman in the Porsche, number 7, Indy Doncha in the Mercedes, car number 33. They're covered, well, oh, the first one, two, three, four, covered by less than a tenth of a second. That's uh, four different manufacturers, Mercedes, Ford, Audi, and Porsche. And, that, and then the next... Uh, what we see. Yeah, then the next one, two, three, four, five are just over a tenth of a second, yeah. a tenth and a half. Uh, down to what ninth tenth position yeah. so the McLarens have stolen a bit of a march here this weekend no question about that but of course it's a four-hour race and uh, you know that's that's going to be interesting to see you know, whether they can maintain this advantage in four hours that's uh, you know, a completely different story potentially still to come nighttime practice for those of you here at the speedway and further afield 107.9 fm around the track around the world on RS2, part of the IMSA, uh, part of the Radio Show Limited network of channels. That is IMSA Radio, uh, and not just for the race weekend. Tune in anytime if you want a bit of IMSA in your life. There's always race replays, interviews, um, feature programmes, all sorts of bits and pieces. You'll hear Christian Fittipaldi talking to us actually in an interview that we did with him uh, last year, as he was talking about this being his final professional race. He's uh, bowing out at the end of Sunday. Thoroughly enjoyed that. Coming up to six o'clock in the evening, a minute to go, Johnny. I can't see any improvements coming at the moment. No, unfortunately not. Trent Hindman and Indy Doncha staying out for their in their Porsche and Mercedes respectively. And Spencer Pompelli due back across the line. In fact there he goes to go around for another lap. Forty seconds left, so these laps that are being started right now will still count. I think this is just a little bit of extra testing though now because the best of the tyre probably long gone for the cars that remain out on track and eight of the top ten have now headed back into the pit lane. The McLarens were the first to do so having banked uh, a low 152 and a high 152 for Paul Holton and uh, Corey Fergus respectively and that was job done pretty much. They knew that uh, everybody else was going to struggle to get below a 153 marker 
and Christian Hohenardl rapid in the Mercedes could only do a 153.3 as the chequered flag now flies so a handful of cars still out there and they will receive the chequered flag Looking have some more improvement further down the field and there was a, a quicker time relatively speaking for Kyle Reid in the classic BMW M4 relatively late in the day 155.287 to put him 22nd I'm intrigued by something that's caught my eye in the infield that we'll have to have a closer look at when we nip across to Marion's for dinner. The Ferris wheel is there, but next to it there's an illuminated circle as well that's flashing patterns at me, and I've no clue what that is. It looks like it could be a gate into another dimension, but I'm <laughs> not entirely certain about that. Uh, mm. So, what do we reckon? It, I don't know. I'm it's have some to sort of ride whereby you sit alongside about five other people and you're whipped upside down, I think. Oh, what fun. <laughs> Great idea. Said nobody ever. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, Paul Holton is going to be the pole sitter. The chequered flag is out. Nobody who's going across the line now has got any light colours on the timing screens next to him. So that is eighth pole. Jeremy is, I hope that's what he means to me, <laughs> that he's holding up those fingers in my general direction. Eighth pole position for Paul Holton. Excellent stuff. Uh, fastest in sectors two and three. Uh, Corey Fergus locking out the front row for two different McLaren teams. Compass and... Motorsport in action while well, Corey had the fastest first sector 152.9 against the 152.1 even with my rudimentary grasp of arithmetic that's eight tenths of a second isn't it there's eight between a one and a nine so you know usually that, yeah yeah I'm just throwing that out there just to prove that I did actually listen to a little bit of uh, arithmetic when I was at school the rest of the field uh, if you take the two McLarens out as Jeremy said the rest of the field down to 12th position and Kenton Cook uh, all within about 8 tenths of a no 7 6 tenths of a second uh, Owen Trinkler well, I'll give you the gaps 0.3 of a second is the gap between the second McLaren and the Mercedes and then it's 11 thousandths 2 thousandths 80, uh, 80 thousandths and then 0.2 of a second but I mean that's hugely close between the Winward Mercedes, the Multimatic Ford, the Carbon Audi and the Park Place Porsche. Yeah, four different manufacturers. Absolutely. And then 0.2 of a second back to Inti Doncha's time which uh, I'm surprised the Dutchman was that far off the pace. He'll pick that up for the race I'm sure. Maybe just couldn't find the gaps in the traffic needed. Uh, extraordinary. Uh, extraordinary session there and just how close a lot of people hate the words balance of performance GT4 the GS category here is a balance of performance category but McLaren Mercedes Ford Audi Porsche BMW uh, all in the top 10 there so it's only the Astons that aren't really up amongst there. BMW a little bit further down as well at the moment but really very very impressive that cars with such different heritage and philosophies as street cars Johnny can can compete as well on the track and, mm. and that's why GT4 and GT3 work so well for me mm. and it's probably even more difficult to get the balance right in terms of the balance of performance field on a track like this which is so different you know you've got the high banks and the long straights and then you've got the infield as well uh, it is really a, a very very clever balancing act and we've got um, Mercedes Ford Audi and Porsche all on a level playing field here maybe just battling for the final step on the podium but you never know what might happen to those McLarens across four hours uh, Bruce Jones is down at pit out and I see a McLaren in the in the region of where you are well, as the light falls, Paul Holton climbs out. He's going to put on his uh, motel cap for pole position, just slotting his helmet back into a very glorious-looking McLaren. The light is falling fast at the end of that qualifying session, but uh, as it's his eighth pole at this level for Paul Holton, it's uh, another good job done. We're just going to go up and stand in the correct location in front of the motel pole award. Uh, Backdrop, but um, Paul, that was... Not just pole, it was pole by eight tenths of a second. And then in behind you, behind that, everyone is incredibly close. So it wasn't perfect. You only were fastest in the second and third sectors, but it was a massive margin. You know, I, I don't think we'll be the quickest in the in the first sector, given uh, where the BOP is. We tend to be a little slower in min speed and a little faster in a straightaway. What we've worked on over the past year, we've been 
doing a lot of development on power down, power application off the corner. So right now we're so hooked up off the corner. Um, it's almost, <laughs> I feel bad for everyone else because that's where we, we can hold them up on the way in and then we just absolutely drop them. So the car is absolutely money around here. The guys have worked really hard. This car arrived at us uh, less than a week ago and uh, we've shaken it down, prepped it for IMSA, gotten ready and now we're on the pole. Um, it's been really amazing. The guys have done a really, really good job. So we now know that it's incredibly quick around one lap, but it's a four-hour race, so a totally different game. Well, you know, today we worked on long runs, so uh, I think we're, we're pretty confident in both our, our end of stint speed and our, our beginning of stint speed. It's just uh, a matter of uh, executing and make, hitting all our marks and uh, completing the race in one piece and coming across the finish where we want to. Well, it's looking good. You've cleared the first hurdle in great style. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Yeah, the other McLaren was quickest in the first sector, so McLarens do seem to have a wee bit of an advantage. Can they turn that into a race victory? There'll be four hours on Friday uh, that they'll have to negotiate. First of all, it's all live in sound and vision, live from trackside here on IMSA Radio and IMSA TV. The darkness gathering gently around Daytona International Speedway. When we come back after the... Dinner break, it's night practice, one of the most evocative times of the week. And you can hear it all live here on IMSA Radio. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.